Good morning and welcome back to the Convergence Podcast. Oh, sorry, the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 32. I'm your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this morning is Dean. Welcome back, Dean. Exam. <laughs> no. El- examine. See, like that is like an inside joke that most won't understand. <laughs> Yay, inside baseball. That other delicious baritone you hear this morning is one Evan Goldstein. Good morning, Evan. Hello. Mm, very nice. And we've got some comic books to talk about. But before we talk about comic books that you may actually want to read, we're going to continue on. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> we're going to continue on with our weekly tour through Convergence. Our now, weekly set into sadism. Holy shit. Here's, here's the thing that I, I have started after what what feels like 700 issues of this book at this point but is really only like 36 i think so far what i what i find fascinating is that dc somehow managed to put out 33 issues of the same story <laughs> the dome came up people are living without their powers that's it there's nothing that that's that's what you get. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, you should be. I feel. Um, so, I don't know why I feel <laughs> responsible, but I do. Because <laughs> this was your idea. Fuck no, you! This- <laughs> no, it wasn't. I'm not taking that. <laughs> mm. No. So, all right. This week, actually, um, all joking aside, uh, was still terrible, but better than the previous two weeks. So, first one we had Convergence Adventures of Superman. This is pre-crisis Superman, Supergirl. Uh, she sees that she is going to die, but decides that she's going to be a hero anyway. It was meh. Convergence, Batman and the Outsiders. It, this was a book that was around in the late 80s, early 90s. Batman and the Outsiders. It's Batman and Katana and Geo Force and Metamorpho and all of these characters that when I was a kid I thought was, were pretty cool. Uh, turns out nobody else did, which is why they haven't been seen or heard of, uh, very much since, but this one was, was okay, especially if you've got the nostalgia factor going on. So slightly more than meh convergence, green lantern core. Number one, uh, slightly less than meh. It's uh angry guy Gardner, uh, without the powers. And he goes to visit Hal, and Hal is like become obsessed with trying to figure out how to get rid of the dome, and Guy Gardner shows up, and he's like, you're such a dick, Hal, and man, I have reasons that I'm angry, and I'm going to break your fucking lab, even though you're trying to help us all, because I'm a shit dick. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Convergence Hawkman number one. Is this happening? Uh, yeah, this is. Convergence Hawkman number one. Uh, less than meh. I've never been a big Hawkman guy. This is Hawkman and Hawkgirl. The art was pretty good. That's the best thing I can say about this issue. Convergence Justice League of America. Did you like the Justice League of Detroit? No one else did either. So there you go. That's all you need to know about that one. Is Robocop is, in the Oh my God, League? we both were going to ask the same question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know who's in this Justice League? Uh, let's see. You've got... Aquaman and Zatanna and Martian Manhunter. Those Wait, are the big Aquaman? three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Am I? Am I? I'm not really that good on geography. <laughs> Does he just but hang Detroit out is not very where near the ocean. Oh, maybe, no, maybe he goes it's up not. To, to, to the lakes. He gets out of Detroit. 
and uh, he, he hangs out there. He but, he swims yeah, through the, rivers yes. that this, connect this whole to issue, the Great Lakes. This whole issue was just Aquaman going from river to estuary to it was wow. Uh, we yeah. got the name of the podcast. What <laughs> five minutes in? Nice. <laughs> river to estuary. Um, no, it was. It, those are the big three of the Justice League of Detroit. It was this really terrible failed Justice League book that DC put out because, in addition to Aquaman, Zatanna, and Aqua or uh, Martian Manhunter, you had Elongated Man, and you had uh, God. Who Elongated is the guy Man's who, the one in purple, right? Uh no, the red, red and or yeah, it was kind of purpley. He's got those pimp ass glasses. Though, no, which man. he's the one that has the pimp ass glasses. Okay, no, he's not Plastic Man. So Plastic, Plastic Man is awesome. Okay, so Elongated Man is the is the lame version. Like the, the 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 he was a detective or something like that. Something like that. I don't. Right. Ralph did Dibney or Dinby. Yeah. All um, right. Fuck it. Skip it. Keep going. Yeah. The one infinite crisis where his wife and Dr. Light and all that stuff stepped on someone's brain. Something like that. Mm. Uh, next one, Convergence, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. The artwork in this one was actually really, really nice and, and really probably the best artwork of the entire week. It had a lot of pastel colors and was washed out because, you know, this is Superboy in the 30th century and. I've never been a big Legion of Superheroes guy, uh, mostly because I can't get behind characters with names like Lightning Lad, uh, and you know I've never, I've, I've just never liked them. That's... I don't understand why can't you get behind people like Lightning Lad? What's wrong with Lightning Lad? I, I don't know. He sounds I, kind I of just, immature. Yeah, like Lad and Lass. I just, it's never been a thing that I've it's been able Scottish. to. It's <laughs> Scottish. Sure, and I'm not. <laughs> You're plenty Scottish. You'd... Damn ginger. I'm, I'm I'm not. I'm Irish. Well, I don't care. It's close. No, it's they're, not. They're close. They're it's islands like, apart. It's like saying all white people are the same, Dean. That's they're racist. totally all the same. Again. Again. Anyway, pretty good book. Uh, however, this one I think might actually end up being one of the more important tie-ins, and I could be way off here, because one of the members of the Legion of Superheroes is Brainiac. And That's he's true. kind of responsible, like along with Telos, yeah, but, for this whole convergence thing happening. Isn't so, it like Brainiac, like twelve, or weren't there multiple Brainiac? Brainiac it's this is Brainiac five. Okay, well, all right. Yeah, I don't know what that means. There's 762, just like Pokemon. <laughs> Son of a oh bitch! Oh my god! This is, <laughs> look, I caught an electric type Brainiac. Gotta read them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't. Only I have to. <laughs> I want the the everybody in the audience to know that no one has put this on you except yourself. I know you're like we are Batman. not horrible, horrible people. No, we didn't you're not. Come you're anywhere near asking you to do this. Nope. You did this on your own. I'm doing this for you guys. I'm the podcaster that this city needs, <laughs> not the one it deserves. Sorry, I'm the podcaster <laughs> that this city needs. Don't spit on your microphone. Right that was perfect. Thank you. Convergence is terrible. <laughs> Even Batman agrees, and he's in it. Just like my movies. <sighs> oh, boy. Anyway, Convergence, Swamp Thing number one, written by one of the creators of Swamp Thing. Uh, it was good. If you like Swamp Thing, you know, it, it's, it was so, it's so outside of, like, regular, um, 
regular DC storytelling that Swamp Thing's always kind of cool when he shows up. I enjoyed that one. Uh, the Flash number one was okay. The Flash gets beat. Uh, he, he's talking to Bruce about it because, you know, he runs fast. That's his thing. And without powers, he doesn't run all that fast anymore. And he was like, Bruce, I was jogging this morning and got beat by a 20-year-old girl. What am I supposed to do? Which is kind of funny, but also is kind of like, hey, you know what, DC? Fuck you. Some girls are fast. That's kind of like, I don't know. I, I read that and I was like, yeah. that's kind of a dickhead thing and kind of a shitty move in this, you know, positive gender equality society that we're trying to move towards. But anyway, you don't have to read that one either. Convergence, the new Teen Titans. Uh, if you're a fan of the Teen Titans Cartoon Network show, which you should be because it's brilliant, stay very, very far away from this book. Really all I have to say about that. The new Teen Titans were... Not fun. I did not enjoy them. It, it wasn't well written. Uh, the Ro or not Robin, but Nightwing oh, wow. and Starfire are married uh, in this book. They got married under the dome because they're two people that love each other so much. And why don't we just, you know, we'll just be here. But uh, Donna Troy is, oh, you know, you guys are having marital problems. And I wish I could have brought my husband. And bleh, just no. Convergence Wonder Woman number one. This one was pretty cool too. Uh, Vampire Joker shows up because this is Conver Wonder Woman, uh, pre-crisis Wonder Woman taking on the Batman Red Rain universe, which were all the vampires. So Joker with bat wings and Poison Ivy with bat wings. Those are all pretty cool. And uh, So lots a, of bat wings in this book is what you're lots of, <laughs> Lots of bat wings, surprisingly enough. Wasn't a there a Kingdom Come book as well? That was last week. Uh, you missed all those. Uh, oh, they'll be back again in three weeks. Don't yay. worry. I'll tell you about them. Great. Um, this one was wow, actually. Are you really going to go that far? Oh, fuck. I'm not going to stop now. I fucking started. That's, this is wow. happening. This is a thing I'm doing I to myself. I thought maybe you were going to just go like the month and get. Nope. You know, wow. Nope. If I nope. did 52 issues of Future's End, he could do the fucking convergence. <laughs> if you did 52 issues of Future's End, I can do 70 issues of. Convergence. We're gonna top each other till we hit hundred issue story arcs and Oh god, covers. actually I'm sorry, but that's what this might be. Because there's that. there's forty four there's been eleven issues so far each week. Mm -hmm. Fuck, there's gonna be eighty eight of these god god damn it. What are they is there any fifth week stupidity in the calendar? Oh god, there probably will be. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh no. <sighs> <sighs> anyway. Convergence number three. So much better than Convergence number two. But here's the problem that I had with Convergence number three. You know Batman, right? Mm. You know Batman doesn't kill. No mm. version of Batman has ever killed. Even the Flashpoint version of Batman, who is his father, doesn't kill because, you know, death is the thing that ruined his fucking life. Right? I th That's the thing. I thought Dad was a little more okay with killing. A little bit more but not to the extent it happens in this issue. This issue is mostly focused on Thomas Wayne, Batman from Flashpoint. It's Bat Dad. And Bat Dad. <laughs> ba -na 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 -na. Bat Dad. Bat Dad and Dick Grayson are still kind of like, get the fuck away from me. You're not, I didn't ask you to come here. And he's like, well, I'm coming anyway, Batman. You can't stop me. It's the voice that he has in my head when I read these books. It probably ruins Dick it. Dick Grayson's a little bitch in the fucking main Convergence line. He doesn't he do anything. Really he's really is. a fucking photographer. Yeah. Well, he does, he's going to do even less now because 
all the Batman villains show up. So Professor Pig is there and Dr. Hurt and Flamingo, like all of the Grant Morrison villains pretty much show up. Along so with wait, like Riddler we're not, we're not, and Man we're Bat. not okay with Lightning Lad, but we're okay with Professor Pig. Uh, yeah, he's British. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so he shows up and all of the Batman villains are there. And Thomas Wayne is like a 60 year old man at this point, And, he has run out of his drug, Miraclo, I think is how it's said. Um, so Miracuru? Miracuru. <laughs> that, that is an Arrow reference? Yes, it is. It is. You're welcome. I don't watch it. Sorry. He, he shows up. <laughs> He's, all the villains show up. They're fighting him. Dick Grayson is there. Dick Grayson uh, gets in, taken away by Man Bat, like Man Bat swoops in like the Jurassic Park or the Jurassic World trailer, like when the <laughs> fucking Tyrannodons come in and they're like, ha-ha, children, and they fucking snatch them up. Like, Man Bat does that to Dick Grayson. Uh, Batman is getting his ass kicked by all the villains, and he's like, you know, that's it. Fuck this shit. And he suicide bombs them. He was, he had, he was a bomb. <laughs> Batman was a bomb. And he murders... All of the villains. Bomberman, yay! Yeah, Batman fucking becomes Bomberman. So he blows all of these guys up, blows up all the villains, manages to somehow hit Man-Bat up in the air and kill Man-Bat, but just merely drop Dick Grayson to safety. And as Dick Grayson is monologuing, this internal monologue that is, you know, Batman's sacrifice will not be in vain. I'm going to find my... Ah, fuck, I got shot. And the Joker shows up and shoots Dick Grayson in a scene directly from Batman the Killing Joke, except take out Barbara Gordon, put in Dick Grayson. He paralyzes him. He's like, oh, I can't feel my legs. So now we have paralyzed Dick Grayson. And then Tello shows up and kills the Joker and says you're a plague in every, every timeline. And just fucking snaps his neck. I like it. So I actually when, like that a lot. It, it's actually pretty good. When you were reading this and you saw the killing of the Joker, there's mm-hmm. like one panel where he's getting his neck snapped. Did you for a hot second think it was Bane? Uh, yeah, I did actually. And I think that was very intentional with the way that the gloves were drawn to look s- sort of like the fingerless gloves that Bane wore at one time. Yeah, it was I weird. thought it was Bane. And was kind of really excited about it, and then disappointed that it was Delos. Oh. All right, so out of the week of Convergence, we're talking over each other. Try again, Dean. I don't want to know. Okay. Out of the week of Convergence, Convergence number three was the winner? Uh, no. (laughs) No. In the, uh, I was about to make a Special Olympics reference, but I'm going to stop myself there. Probably should. I did. Uh, no, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, I think, was the uh, was the best book this week, uh, followed up probably by Wonder Woman. And then if you had to pick a third, I would go with Batman and the Outsiders. But for me, that one is more nostalgia based. I, I really enjoyed that book back in the day, and it was really cool to see those those characters again. Alrighty. And come on, fucking Black Lightning is in it. And I'm not being racist. That's the guy's name. Black well, Lightning. Like, I don't get it. How How are you OK with Black Lightning? But not Lightning know. Lad. Lightning Lad and Elastalas or whoever the fuck those characters are. I don't know. I don't really know the Legion of Superheroes. Was Grease uh, Lightning in it? Go Grease Lightning. Oh, my God. So there you go. Convergence. Uh, still not great. And I, I saw a news report online 
from a retailer in North Carolina, and I found this really interesting. And and it makes me a little nervous kind of going forward just in general, not not because I'm not enjoying the books, but kind of what this means for DC Comics as a whole with the move out to Los Angeles and perhaps losing some of their identity and perhaps some may say even their soul. This guy wrote in and he was like, you know, we order 30 copies of Harley Quinn. We sell 30 copies of Harley Quinn. We ordered 30 copies of Harley Quinn Convergence number one. I have 22 sitting on the shelves. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants it. Nope. I, he was like, I ordered all these issues of Batman. We usually sell between 40 to 50. I've sold five. He's like, this, it's killing me. It is killing me. And that's not a good sign going forward for DC Comics as, as a whole. And that's upsetting. Because I the- understand what they're going for. The storyline has so much potential. It's so bad, though. They don't have to keep doing events. No, they really and, don't. And that's just a blanket statement for comic books in general. Everything does not have to be world-ending events. You mean you don't want to see the Secret War again? No, I do not. Well, too fucking bad it's happening. <laughs> too bad because that's your assignment. Oh, son <laughs> of a bitch. Yay! I'm off the hook for Dean took one. Future's End. I'm taking Convergence. It's only fair, Evan. Um... I, this is. I'm going to use this day, this recording, to let you know I will be taking a hiatus. <laughs> we got to get Nick back. I, Nick. I don't know, surgery or, I don't know, move, moving. Are you just going to so, shoot yourself in the leg with a nail gun right now? I, yep, I can't, I can't afford internet anymore. <laughs> I will pay for it for you, sir. <laughs> Damn. Yep. All right. All right, so that's my, uh, that's my convergence hullabaloo. Dean... Why don't you tell us what you read? Hopefully it was better than Convergence. It was better than Convergence. It was way better than Convergence. Remember that movie that came out like 10 years ago with Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver called Galaxy Quest? Yeah, that was a dope movie. They made a dope comic book, and it's fucking dope. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. Is it really that good? Because I've seen it. I like it. Like, they're on issue two or three now? Four. Issue four. No shit. Yeah, I... I, And I was like, you know what? I didn't really see it, because... If you look at Comixology or really any other poll list, you just see convergence, 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 convergence. I'm like, I don't want to read any of that. I really don't. And, like, I like Marvel, but I feel that I would have to do so much catching up with a lot of the books that I sort of stay away from it. So I kind of just pick up things here and there where I, I want. And I ended up seeing this book, and I was like, you know what? Let me pick up issue one and see how it is. So I did, and it's great. It basically, uh, the the first five or six pages are a uh, uh, prelude to how the book's gonna lay out. So what happens is there's this uh, uh, race of aliens that are trying to break uh, free from the tyranny of like these robot overlords and uh, they're about to make their one final push on the, the, the overlords like capital or whatever. And as soon as they finally break in, you remember in the movie where Tim Allen, like, hits the Omega-13 and everything rewinds back a few seconds? <laughs> yeah. 13 seconds, as a matter of fact. Yes. So uh, the, the the first <sighs> attempt that they actually make at breaking into this capital and getting to the satellite to stop everything from working is actually quite successful. And then Tim Allen hits this shit, and it rewinds everything in the entire universe. So... 
there was it an accident? Well, yeah, yeah. Tim like Allen he tripped and fell in some sort of comedic fashion. No, Oops, no, no, I... no. The, the, like this happened at the same exact time. Like Tim Allen was about to die from that big ass alien thing in the movie. Oh, so, so this is I see. It's running in okay. tandem. Gotcha. Yeah. So does does Wilson show up over the fence to save the day? No, no. I wish. I wish there was a fence. I don't think there's any fences for Wilson to show up on. You'd have to see his full face. This book is sans fence. I don't believe it. I know. I know. Just, That's right, kids. A home improvement reference. I, I love it. Mm. So keep keep it up. Uh, but yeah, after this happens uh, and everything rewinds, the guards are like, uh, they, they see it coming. So they're able to react to the rebels and they end up getting taken out. And I think two of the rebels survive. And these rebels are like, well, what the fuck? I definitely remember us going in there and taking everyone out and being able to get into the satellite. But that's not what just happened. Two of us are dead now, and our leader's gone. So what the fuck? I'm going to find out who did this, and I'm going to make it better. Story flaw, because in the movie, Tim the Toolman Taylor was the only one to remember that he rewound 13 seconds because he hit the button. Well, comic books and shit, motherfucker. That's what happens. <laughs> because reasons. Exactly. So it it uh, starts off from there. The only problem I really had uh, with this book, because the story was pretty good. Other than no Wilson. Other than no Wilson, of course, is the characters do not look at all like the characters. I don't know if they couldn't maybe get the Aww. likenesses or something, but no one looks like anyone they're supposed to. Uh, That's a shame, because that movie, not for nothing, is the hottest Sigourney Weaver right? ever looked. Yes, agreed. So much agreement there. Not not that that's the reason to see the movie. It's a great movie on its own, but she is stunningly hot in that movie. Yes, yes, she is. It's because she's got her cans out on display for most of it. Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> but... Regardless, it's like I a, thought it was the tasteful makeup and mature haircut, but of course, well, maybe that's just me. No, I don't no, know. Of course. Maybe I like women. I as think opposed I, to... I think we just changed the name of the podcast to <laughs> Sigourney Weaver has her cans out. No, tasteful, tasteful makeup, makeup <laughs> and mature haircut. I like it. I like it. That could work. But I, I, I had a lot of fun reading this. I got past the art. I mean, I, Evan, I know you're a big fan of uh, art, so this might be like a, a no no for you, but. Well, I, I got a little backstory on this because, um, Jesus, I don't even remember how long ago it was. I'll say like six months ago, I was talking with my buddy Anthony, and he was telling me, he's an artist, and he was telling me a bunch of- Anthony you know, Marquez of Anthony Marquez. Shadow Fame? <laughs> yes. He was telling me about a couple of projects that he might have in the loop, and he was describing one of them very secretly, like not give, not saying the title straight out, and as he's describing it, I'm like- this sounds exactly like Galaxy Quest. And had I been in front of him, I would I would have seen the look of Yes, it is. But it turns out he at one point in time was offered to do this book, but he had to turn it down for because of other deadlines. Oh. I, which is a shame because that that I saw some workups and it would have been right up your alley cuz Sigourney looked like Sigourney and Tim looked like Tim. Oh, so. no. Oh, man. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I, I would recommend just taking a look just to see the art real quick. It's 
It's a little depressing that, you know, they couldn't even get uh, Tony Shalhoub to look like Tony Shalhoub because that guy's got a really interesting face. It's uh, it, it, There were a lot of famous people in that movie. Oh, there were. There were tons of people. I mean, <laughs> just the main cast altogether. There were at least three big stars in that. and I uh, So good. So Alan good. Rickman is in that movie. Alan Rickman yes, is. is in that movie, except he's not Snape. He's he's just a douchebag alien version of Snape. <laughs> he's like a douchebaggy and Klingon because he's got that weird forehead thing going. That most of the movie, it's like half ripped off, hanging yes. off of his yes. forehead. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd recommend it if people want more Galaxy Quest for any <laughs> some reason. I, to be honest, I picked Who it up. Who doesn't want more Galaxy Ex- Quest? Exactly, exactly. And it's it's a really funny just. Good book. I I read through it super quick just because I was so into it. So yeah, I pick it up. It's it's cool. Galaxy Quest number one. It's on number four. So you even got some stuff to catch up on. So you can read a bunch of them. Spend spend a good hour or so reading some awesome comic books. Uh, and yeah, then- I I'm looking at the art right now. Just just to put it out there, uh, this man that they're drawing as the Tim Allen character doesn't look like Tim Allen. Way more handsome than Tim Allen has ever been. Yeah. And so, wow, that was that. like a slap in the face of Tim Allen. You know, Tim yeah, Allen, well, big fan of the fuck, show. Fuck Tim Allen. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> God the damn it. thrown. I love the tool, man. That's right. The gauntlet is thrown down. Come on, Santa Claus. Let's do this. Why don't you like Tim Allen, bro? I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's a long story. There's a lot of personal re- I'd rather not bring it up if that's okay. All right. Okay. I don't know what just happened. On this right. week's episode of Paper Cuts. <laughs> On a very special episode. Okay, so I'm going to keep going. Dean, what else weird. did you read? I read uh, the, the closing issue to Mega Man, uh, the, what is it? I think it's issue 48. They just finished up the story arc uh, that I was talking about a couple weeks ago. The okay. Worlds Collide story no, arc? No, 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 no. This is the, right, no. Worlds Collide is what's coming. Yeah, this, uh, this was the... Um, Oh, God, I, I can't remember the name of the story arc, but basically uh, what's been happening is Wily stole the big game changer robot, Gamma, who's large enough to stop, um, what was it, natural disasters from happening. This is a robot that can basically stop the Earth from doing what it does. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a just, important robot. Yeah, just to give you the sheer brevity of the, like, the, the robot, it's so big and massive. Mega Man's like a tiny little raisin compared to... How big this robot is, and Wiley hijacks. I hate it. raisins. What was that? I hate raisins. I uh, well, apparently Wiley does too, because he tries to kill Mega Man. <laughs> However, after about six or seven pages of Mega Man being like, "I can't do it. I can't kill it. I don't know how. I can't find a spot." It gets to the point where all chips are down. Mega Man's being held down by Gamma. Gamma's got Rush in the other hand. Rush is crying and stuff. And Mega Man just goes, I'm going to blast my fucking knuckle out, like the hard knuckle thing that he's got. Uh, launches himself onto Wily's, uh, the Gamma shoulder. And apparently all the power crystals for this Gamma robot are in his mouth. So Mega Man just starts <laughs> blasting them, like hops up on his shoulder, starts blasting his mouth away. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> there are these big shiny ass circles inside this robot's mouth. And you didn't think to shoot them at all beforehand. No, this is took took twenty pages to get to this point. Okay, all right. But regardless of that, because it's a Mega Man book and it's sort of towards kids a little bit, so whatever. I'll I'll let it slide. Um, Wily gets defeated, and uh, Mega Man's like, "Are you happy now? You fucking happy? 
You, this is what you wanted. And Wiley just mumbles, like, I hate you. And then after that, um, the place is starting to fall apart and everything. And a big boulder disconnects from the ceiling. And it falls on top of Wiley. And Mega Man's all like, Wiley, no! Because Mega Man don't kill people. He's like the robot Batman. That's not what he does. So it except other robots. No, he doesn't even. Well, I mean, he deactivates them. He doesn't want to either. Like it's yeah, just de- deactivation is robot death. Well, he brings them all back. All right, it's semantics. 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 <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, you know, Wiley dies and everything, and Mega Man feels just super torn up about it because. You know, it it was his understanding that, you know, he should try and save everyone he can, and he couldn't save Wily no matter what he did. Um, So, like, he kind of just passes out under, like, all the duress and everything in this big battle with this huge robot and all that. And Breakman shows up, a.k.a. Proto-Man, a.k.a. for those of you non-Mega Man fans, Mega Man's big brother. And Proto-Man's like, well, shit, Wily's dead. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I really hope that that's actually what's in the comic. Well, he, just well, a panel of shit. of Proto Man going, "Well, shit." He, he goes, "Well, oh, uh, Wily, oh, oh no," <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. And he looks at Mega Man, and the the next page is um Doctor Light with Roll, and they're going back and forth saying they need to rebuild the whole um uh what do you call it, base because Wily destroyed it and everything and. Roll's like, but we have to rebuild memories, too, because those are all gone. And uh, <laughs> Dr. Life's like, shut up, bitch. Do what I want. Actually, he's more like, well, we could we could have more vacations and blah, blah. He says happy shit. And then all of a sudden, uh, you can hear Rush start barking, and they rush over, and there's Mega Man just sort of on the ground. He's like, what, what happened? Last I remember, I was passed out on the ground, and I thought I was going to die in there. And then you hear the little proto man whistle and he teleports away and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, that was a that was a nice way to end it. And they're like, Well, I guess we'll have to let Proto Man come back in his own time, hopefully, one day. And it's just like a close up on Pro Breakman's like helmet and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's that's nice. Proto Man helping out, saving the day. Uh and then basically a, a little spoiler at the end end of the book. There is this um, organization uh, led by this mysterious shadowy figure called Mr. X, and they end up saving Wily, who's not dead. He's just got a few broken bones and uh, whatnot. And they're like, we have plans for him and everything, and Mr. X will be pleased. And then it says, to be continued in next month's issue, blah, blah, blah. Mega Man. Mega Man! <laughs> Super fighting robot. Yeah, and that's the end of the book. It's 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 flashy, it's fun. It doesn't add anything that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> like I didn't think Wily was gonna be dead for a second, nor did I think Mega Man was gonna die, nor did I think anything was gonna happen to Proto Man. This last episode, I was just like, ah, I'll read it. I could have guessed, but I'll read it. So it was predictable, but it's more Mega Man. I can't be mad at it. And then Worlds Collide is coming, so, you know, whatever, man. I'm excited. Are you guys excited for Worlds Collide? Probably not. You guys don't even read Mega Man. But I'm excited, so fuck you guys. I don't need your opinion. <laughs> I'm glad we had that conversation. I'm a- I'm actually excited for it. Good. I'm so- going to buy you all the comics. <laughs> Good. Because I'm spending 
Way too much <laughs> way on other stuff. Way too much money on other things. Wait, am I am I gonna read the Worlds Collide uh, thing then? Is that what I'm doing? Uh, yes. I think. Wait, no, 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 because he's gonna enjoy that. I'm not because <laughs> this, I also this... have to read Sonic Boom. Yep. Because <laughs> Dean, you've got Worlds Collide. Yeah, because how how DC does convergence. Archie does that with Sonic and Mega Man. So they take four Sonic books, one Mega Man book, and they turn it into a gigantic arc. So I might get um, Mega Man once a month, but I also get the insanely grotesque, oversized penis shoved down my throat. That is Sonic, Sonic Universe, and Sonic <laughs> Boom. So no, I'm, I'm not really excited hoping, for that. I'm really hoping that somewhere in those issues they just steal the the... Telos's monologue directly from Convergence, but they have just like a giant Archie saying it. <laughs> People of my world, not just Riverdale, a, but this a, other a, shit too. A shadowy jughead floating in the background. <laughs> Today, your captive, your whatever, your capture turns to competition. Eat these cheeseburgers, you shits. But hey, Archie vs. Predator, that was a thing. That's cool. We, I enjoy. They're gonna bring them all together. Sonic versus Predator. (laughs) I love it. Excited about it. All right, I'm, I'm done. I'm okay. Done talking. So Galaxy Quest, yay. Mega Man Forty Eight, meh. But keep going because it's gonna get better. Yes, definitely. Of course. Okay, Evan. Hi. (laughs) You, you did things this week. I did things this week. Um, I picked up the Solar Man of the Atom number eleven. Uh. I picked up this book because uh, Anthony had been working on it, and I didn't know this was the issue. He did a couple of pages within the book um, written by Frank Barbieri, uh, main art by Jonathan Lau, and it, like I said, Anthony did a couple of pages. But I haven't read a Solar. I keep I don't know if it's Solar or Solar. I like saying Solar. It's I Solar. Um, it's French. I haven't read this book in a while, and my <laughs> recollection was the dude's really powerful, and it comes pretty much from like radiation or like like it's it seems to be like Superman without a cape type of thing. Um, so jumping into issue eleven, I had no idea what I was dealing with, but conveniently enough, at the very beginning of the book, it says previously, Eric <laughs> is an architect, and her dad has infinite powers and exploded right in front of her. Now she's got infinite powers, but doesn't know how to use it. And now someone just launched a bunch of nuclear missiles. So apparently I just got caught up with 10 issues in, I don't know, half a paragraph. So this is Solar Lass? Yes, it seems that way. Um, It jumps right into the the emotional part of the story where it's showing father and daughter uh, just trying to deal with the fact that they're wife and mother is out fighting the good fight um it's kind of emotional and it's sweet and then it goes right into this half page splash of solar and his daughter just flying around and there's a lot of missiles a lot of missiles we got a character in here that's very reminiscent of um like a doctor strangian crossed with uh tony stark Who's like? I, okay, <laughs> it's tough to jump in. I'm I'm not gonna say that this is a good jumping on point, okay? Because it, it I didn't get enough of the backstory to to understand why I should care about these people. But throughout the story, we're f- we're figuring out that there is a bigger baddie called 
Eclipse, which is a, a he's a standard from Solar books, but apparently it's in a new form and whatnot, and there's secure bases that he gets into, and there's like this really neat scene of uh, Eclipse oozing out of a dude's body. <laughs> so it was ew. Yeah, very much like a, like a symbiote costume type thing. But like the main crux of the book is father teaching daughter, father telling daughter how much he cares about her, how proud of her he is, and that she can do anything, which apparently she needs to because she is taking over the mantle of Solar. I mean, the, the art all around was really good. I enjoyed that, the story itself, jumping in the middle. I got an understanding of the characters, not necessarily the story. Um, so I do I do feel it's necessary to, to at least jump back a couple of issues to figure out what the hell is going on. But it, it did it did sum up at the end where, you know, Solar Lass takes out all the missiles and then confronts Eclipse and Doctor Strangian dude who is Doctor Strange Stark. Spector. Calls in for backup and backup his dad. Um that's where it sums up. It's like this is what's gonna happen. There's gonna be a big fight and Hopefully, Solar and his daughter are going to come out victorious. That's, I mean, outside of that, I can't really say any much more because I don't know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go back and, 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 because I am interested in these characters and I really would like to know more. Um, I would have preferred to get a little bit more character information on the rest of the cast because they did dump a lot of it into just uh, dad and daughter stuff. But Solar was one of those really cool books back when it was part of the Valiant universe. Yeah, Dynamite has it now. Uh, yeah, it's part of the Gold Key Project. So because they got they got Solar and Doctor Spectre and Magnus Robot Fighter, all which used to be uh, main players right. in the Valiant universe back in the in the nineties. Yeah, and they, I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed to see that they weren't going to be part like. When the new Valiant stuff that's been coming out, which has been really, really good, I was really excited. Like, oh, Magnus is going to show up, and you know, Solar and, mm-hmm. and all this, and it's like, oh no, no, they're they're somewhere else. And I don't want you to think okay. that I feel that this is a bad book because it was actually pretty good. It's just that I don't have enough of the backstory. I have Solar backstory. I don't have backstory on this whole new iteration, this this family of supers. But I am definitely going to take a look and, and try to catch up on it because I was interested what i was drawn in by this single issue so did you guys well and that's that's a good mark if if you read an issue and you're like i need to go back and get the rest of them that's a pretty high recommendation a a good recommendation yeah absolutely did you guys happen to catch those valiant variants that they did uh last year or two years ago where it was the 8-bit variants Mm -hmm. they were fucking adorable (laughs) and i wanted them all I wanted every single one. They had a Mario Kart one, and I was like, "This is this is great." This is. I wasn't even reading some of those titles, and I needed to buy them. Yeah, Valiant's killing it right now. We don't talk about them often, but they are killing it right yeah, now. They got a little bit They're of doing airtime, great work uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, D- Dean, you did do a little little spread on them for. We're gonna do a when, Valiant special next week. When they, yeah. Why are you putting right words now. in our mouth? Oh yeah, it's really. Know. It's like you're in charge here. It's better than other things. Well, it's, you know, you know, it is coming up <laughs> real quick. What's that? What's, What's that? that? Free comic book day. Free uh, comic book day. Hold next on. Week. Yeah, let's let we'll we'll sum that up at the end. Okay. okay. Yeah, because right. that's definitely something that we should spend some time with. Okay. Oh yeah, we we uh, have a few other things to talk about today too. This so is, this is true. 
So um, no worries. All right, Evan, what, what was the other one? The other one I picked up because I had reviewed, I can't remember what the other book was that I read. It had to deal with the Inhumans and Spider-Man. This book that I picked up was part two of Inhuman Error. I can't remember if that was the actual title of the book, the first one. But this is Inhuman Error, Inhuman Special featuring the amazing Spider-Man, Inhuman Error number two. Uh, the last book left off with Spider-Man and the young Inhumans group falling. Uh, we catch up. They are fine. Spider-Man does his... Good to know. Quips, saves everybody. Uh, we get a little bit more backstory on the vulture-like character, the baby. Um, it, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take the book seriously because the art was so cartoony, and and if I, I felt like I was reading an issue of like Mad, like it, it and Spider-Man would not shut the hell up. I mean, there was a fine line to run with Spider-Man. Quips are okay. Every word that came out of his mouth was a quip. That's not okay. No, that's just annoying. It really, really is. And I am a Spider fan. It was not good. Um, that sucks. It's a shame <laughs> because I, I feel like Inhumans are going to be a big deal in the Marvel Universe coming in the future. But it this this didn't help me care about them at all. Not even a little bit. So this is a high meh. Like heavy, like I got a little bit of a glimpse of the the, the the baddies backstory where at one point in time he was fighting with would be the defenders, you know, Sabariner, Human Torch, Bucky, Cap. I don't remember that at all, but it's a retconning type of situation, which right. that bothers mm -hmm. the hell out of me. And the art itself, like it was just... Not, not not cartoony in the way that Umberto Ramos does Spider-Man, which is amazing. No. Just cartoony in the way that, like, hey, this book is for five-year-olds. Not, not even that. It's, uh, when I say mad, mad magazine, everybody is ultra-thin, elongated necks. Like, it, they look like caricatures of cartoon characters. And so it looked like that Wasteland book that Dean and I read, that image no, book that we... I don't want to talk about that. The long necks and the long arms and shit. Not that crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I agree, that would be really unsettling it, to see Spider-Man that, that way. I feel it was just a bad choice. I mean, nobody looked heroic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, meh. That's it. I got nothing else for it. I, I don't... I really... Outside of... The necessity to read the last part, which is going to show up in that Captain America special number one. Right. I have no interest in this story whatsoever. I well, lost I'm very it. sorry to hear that. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Because you were so high on the first one. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. It's such it. a shame when you get that a new creative team that is telling the same story, but just really drops the ball. It, yeah. Yes, absolutely agree. I'd like to throw a special mention out there. I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but the Avengers magazine. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Anybody? No. All right. This, it has, it's the stereotypical tie into a movie type thing. But what this magazine is doing, it's given backstory or history on the Avengers. And I, like, I picked it up, I scanned it real quick and, like, immediately engrossed. Because it starts off with a, a historical reference of all the Avengers stuff. Just little blurbs, you know, showing some premiere covers that you will 
you know catches your attention like that Avengers where Hawk the 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 covers Hawkeye drawing his bow and Ant-Man is holding on to the the arrowhead like it's classic stuff but even further it goes into you know of course the top characters the Iron Man the Thor the Hulk like all of the Avengers which gives us a background for the movie that we could see how wrong or how differently they're doing things but it's also giving creators like there's a, a huge portion of this about Jack Kirby Stan Lee like it's like a history lesson for the Avengers which means it's a history lesson for comics because the best of the best have touched and put their fingerprint on the Avengers and it I mean definitely worth the read just take a look get yourself a, you know a little schooling on the Avengers as seems to have been around for as long as there have been comics so definitely worth picking up awesome well, I have one last book to talk about because I was able to find some time to do something other than Convergence this week. <laughs> and I read Captara number one from Image Comics. It is the new book from Chip Zdarsky, who's doing, he's handling the writing on this book. He is also currently writing the really incredible and underappreciated Howard the Duck book <laughs> at Marvel and is also the artist on. Sex Criminals, uh, also from Image, with Matt Fraction. Mm -hmm. And the artist on this book is one of my favorite artists who doesn't do a ton of work, but when he does, I'm always just really, really excited to see it. It's uh, Kagan McLeod, who did a book a number of years ago called Infinite Kung Fu that was just awesome. And if you can find that, you should definitely pick it out, or pick it up. But this book, Captara Number 1, I knew this was for me on the cover. It's got the title of the book and then the subheading to the title is space. Why you got to be like that? <laughs> I was like, all right, yep, I'm in. So we, st we start <laughs> off with, uh, with this really terrifyingly just evil looking pink monster thing attacking uh, two space astronaut scientist guys like you don't really know what's going on on this very interesting looking world and we immediately cut back to you know previously on captara one of the scientists who was there getting attacked by this monster and just this meathead jock looking guy pumping iron and and talking shit about you know, you need to be exercising your body as well as your mind. And as he's doing this, it's it's very much the the jock thing of, you know, as I'm 97, really pumping iron here and trying to get my 98. Like mm -hmm. he's counting as counting out loud what he's doing to look impressive and just really comes off like a giant, giant douche. And was just like a really nice introduction to like, oh, I hope bad things happen to this character. <laughs> I hope he dies. He's he's an asshole. Like he takes away the dude's video game system. Um, you know, he, apparently this guy is playing a game called Super Ghost Brothers. You know, which is like, ha, I get it. It's kind of like Mario, and he's kind of playing a thing. Like they, there's a little picture of it. A female scientist pops in. She is the uh, she is uh, the doctor on this mission. And, you know, basically says, if you don't leave Keith alone every time you say a number out loud, I will stab you in the leg. Hippocratic oath be damned. 
<laughs> and nice. and Keith, his response to that is, ah, doctor's orders, dickwad. <laughs> so if that sounds like something you'd be into, this book is for you. The captain calls them all down to the ship or down to the uh, the main bridge. And he's like, hey, so there's this anomaly thing. And uh, it's going to be way more dangerous if we don't fly through it. So fuck it. We're flying through it. Love We're going to go through this anom- anomaly. And everybody's like, uh, hmm. so bad idea. We don't think we should do that, but you're the captain, so okay. Uh, undocumented phenomenon. We're gonna pass right through it. Great. So they send everybody off, and you know, okay, report back to me in 1,300 hours. We get a little scene of Keith and another one of the crew members uh, having a discussion of like, hey, why don't you? Uh, why aren't you taking this thing seriously? And he, Keith is his response to that is, I am a a planet scientist. So when there's some shit to be serious about, then I'll be serious. Until then, uh, please piss off, because I'm just kind of freaking out and am trying to handle my shit. And we get the conversation of of the scientist talking to Keith and and telling him like, "Look, I get it. When you were a, a skinny gay teenager, you probably got picked on a lot. And now that you're a skinny gay adult, you don't feel like you have to take anybody's shit anymore." But you may just want to check the the attitude a little bit. Like, nobody's super impressed with, with how you're acting. And as soon as they're done with that conversation, bad things start to happen. The anomaly starts pulling them in. Uh, the captain is like, you know, shit, things are blowing up. Asteroids are hitting our spaceship. Everybody get to the escape pods. They get down to the escape pods. Uh, you know, the ship blows up. Captain, everybody gets down there, except for the meathead jock guy. He dies. So, you know, you get some catharsis right away in, in about halfway through the book. And then we crash land on this alien planet. And we have Keith and the pilot land near each other. And they're kind of excited about it because they're like, all right, let's go uh, get exploring. Uh, there's some really funny dialogue from, uh, from Keith. That's one line, oh God, how am I alive? He pops out without his helmet on. What what if I'm breathing poisonous Martian pollen right now that'll rewire my brain until I murder, right? And then it's cut off. It's kind of a interesting little dialogue. Um, also says, what am I supposed to do with this? He, the captain gives him a spear. He says, I can't stab anything. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> captain replies, no, you're not. He says, well, no, not when other people murder the animals, right? So just some funny little quippy Spider-Man-esque kind of things. They see some little footprints inside of a much larger footprint. They explore this world. They're like, I really don't think we should be doing this. And bang, uh, up pops this weird purple thing that you saw on the very first page again. Everybody is freaking out. Captain and Keith start running through. Captain uh, says, well, flight didn't work. So now the only option we have left is fight. He yells at this creature and this creature proceeds to literally tear him in half. Nice. Like you get torso going one way, legs and ass going the other way, lots of blood splattered everywhere. And Keith, looking very, very concerned, starts running, trips, breaks his ankle, hits his head, and as he is about to be killed, a knight shows up and kills this monster. Like because... a shining armor type knight? Yep. A knight in shining armor shows up and kills this monster. We then cut to a scene of Keith waking up in this very regal-looking bedchamber with, like, 
an animal skin draped over the top of the four poster bed and like curtains and shit. And (laughs) there's this guy walking by talking to a little servant and he says, uh, you know, so I said, maybe you'd care to step outside slime for, and he does. So I lock the door behind him and continue making love to his wife. Ha ha. (laughs) We made much love that Eve. Ha ha. Much love. It's like, all right. I love this guy. He's like a dumb barbarian and I'm in. So Keith pops out of the door. There's a little silver globe floating around with arms and Keith looks at this orb and the orb turns around and the orb says, follow your dreams. And by says it, I mean, he writes it on his face, I suppose would be this orby thing's face. So Keith starts following him, ends up in this chamber with uh, Queen Jinli of these people. Uh, Keith introduces himself as Keith, Prince of the Dance Floor, because, you know, he's funny. He's asking how he is able to understand them. Did you guys get Reading Rainbow beamed up here? Uh, She tells him no. The pollen of this planet rewires your brain so that you can understand us. And he's, alien pollen, I knew it. Which is, you know, I found that funny. Nice. Yeah. It's cute. Really silly, and, you know, the knight says, you know, I found you out in the murder forest. I found it strange that anyone would just wander around the murder forest, and I killed the beast for you, and look, here's this guy. His name is Skullthor, and that's how you guys got here. He opened this portal to go take over your world. He's going to go rule your planet, and that's going to be, you know, a problem. We're going to help you guys out. The barbarian-looking guy who was talking about having sex with the other man's wife pops in and says, fear not tiny alien. I am Dartor Prince of Endum. I have bested that sack of shit Skullthor before and shall do so again. I was like, all right, that's if I wasn't already convinced, I've got this guy saying, you know, I've bested that sack of shit. I'm in. It's awesome. Seems to be just the right dialogue for you. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty much right up my alley. And then the, the teaser page for the next issue uh, says, in next month's issue of Captara, Cat Tanks, Watchful Owls, and Mr. Help. From Chip and Kagan to you with love. Aww. Okay. I'm in. Okay. Sold. Done. <laughs> Pick it up. Captara number one. Artwork is beautiful. The writing is really funny. It's really quick. The coloring was really, really nice in these really weird pastel colors, and the planet looked really cool. And, you know, it's a lot of... A lot of books try to do the the weird alien irreverent thing and the funny guys and whatever. Chip Zdarsky is a really funny dude and is a really, really good writer. You should be reading this. You should be reading Howard the Duck. Pick it up. Captara number one. Awesome. Yeah. Nice little uh, flavor cleanser for... <laughs> yeah. <DC> after, week. <laughs> after all of the convergence stuff, I was like, oh... People do know how to still write comic books. That's amazing. Because the last forty issues I've read would indicate otherwise. All right, guys, lightning round. Let's uh. So let's let's get the rest of the shit out the door so we can uh we can get off this and keep it at about an hour. Here we go. Ready? Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice trailer. Evan, thoughts? Win. That's really. It. I loved it. Yes. Okay, Dean. Me. That was kind of how I felt too. I looked at it and thought that there was some really cool imagery that harkened back to Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller story, especially the armored up Batman. 
you know, looking up in the sky at Superman, but then he said, do you bleed? And I went, nah, I don't know if this is for me. Do you bleed? Do you bleed? You will. Because I said so. Do you bleed? Because my parents did. That's why I do this. <laughs> You've seen that meme too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thought it was funny. Um, what did you like about it, Evan? I, it's just, I am really unbiased when it comes to comic book movies. I just like seeing comic book characters on the big screen. Mm-hmm. When I get references to one of the all-time greatest comic books ever written, that helps. Yeah, so, certainly. I mean, I didn't have a problem with Super... I, there's very few comic book movies that I have a problem with. So, I'm not maybe not the right guy to ask about it, because I just like seeing the shit, but... No, that's it's, fair. It's, that's totally fair. It's a new interpretation of Batman, which is better than the last interpretation for me. Batfleck. Yeah, I'm okay with Batfleck. I'm really okay with Batfleck because the dude looks like a superhero. Like in profile, that chin and jaw, like he looks like a superhero to me. And I thought the the scene of him uh, not as Batman but as Bruce Wayne I, I thought looked really, really good. Like, right. I was like, right, that guy looks like Bruce Wayne to me. Right. And that, and that, if there are enough of those points in any comic book movie where I go, oh, yes, that is comic book esque, I'm okay. See, like Catwoman with Halle Berry, there were none, zero, zip. So I'm not okay with that movie. Right. You, 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 like Superman, the, the Man of Steel. I was okay with that because he's new. He just figured in this shit out. Let him make a few mistakes. Yeah, no, I thought that movie was fine. So I'm okay this, with it. Uh, yeah, like really my my feeling at the end of the at the end of watching the trailer, um, I am no more like I was already excited to see this movie because I knew that they were drawing relatively heavily on, like you said, one of the inarguably greatest comics ever written dark Knight returns. So I was already excited to see it. Mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed in the trailer because I was not any more excited to see it after seeing the trailer. It did nothing to like raise my expectations. Well, your expectation, you got to realize a lot of us, our expectations are very high. You know what I'm saying? Like we are expecting because of the source material, we're expecting a lot of it. And unfortunately, when it comes to comic book movies, you can't do that because we have years upon years upon years of history of loving these characters and and them being a part of our world. The movies themselves have to be for the base audience because there are only so many comic book fans. They won't make the billions of dollars that they want to by just appeasing us. Is going to make billions of dollars. It's literally going to be printing money. Yeah. All right, well. I mean, I just, I, I look at this as like, I was excited to see Ant-Man and then I saw the trailer the, or the, the trailer for it. And I was really, really excited to see Ant-Man mm-hmm. after seeing the trailer. You know what I mean? So agree. a little disappointed, but the next thing, the elephant in the room, the green haired tattooed, no eyebrow having elephant in the room, the reveal of Jared Leto as the Joker, Dean. Give me your thoughts. No. <laughs> That's what I put on the internet. Nope. 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 Evan? Fine. Really? Yeah. I put up I put up something on the internet as well, and it was a four-panel 
image interpretation of the Joker on screen. It is the logical next step for that character. Including, you know, you know, you look at Cesar Romero, mustachioed Cesar Romero. You go from there to Jack Nicholson, who was the over the top cartooniness that was, you know, Batman begins. I don't remember Batman. Joker. Then we got then we got Heath Ledger, Joker, which everybody loved. Came nowhere near comic book Joker. <laughs> Not everybody. Okay. I can find one person who didn't love him. <laughs> Me. Okay. I think he did a phenomenal job. It was a great interpretation of the character, but it's not based in comic books. It's not. It's based on some sort of doctor prescribed version of the Joker. And that's fine. This is the next logical progression because we've done mustachioed, we've done cartoony, we've done homicidal. Now now they're going just batshit insane. Yeah. Now we're going hot topic. He's not hot topic. Holy no, shit. No, he really like, is. Like, do you realize the world we live in now? He really is. Here, here's my issue with it. You have 70 years of character development for this particular character. And nowhere within that 70-year period has it ever been remotely within the realm of possibility that the Joker himself as a character would ever get a tattoo on his forehead that says damaged. No, he would just cut his face off. I disagree. Because that's (laughs) funny. No, it's not. No, it is. Cutting your face off is not funny. (laughs) No, no, no. See, here's the thing. Everything the Joker does is funny to him. And scaring people with not having your face is funny. It was explained very nicely in the Scott Snyder stuff, like why that was happening. It was creepy and it was fucked up, but there was a reason for it. Having the word damaged, that word in particular, tattooed across the Joker's forehead, indicates taking a liberty with the basis of the character that really says to me, you don't understand what's going on. I am sure Jared Leto is going to absolutely destroy whatever material he is given to work with because that guy is about as phenomenal an actor as you could possibly get, right? If you look back at at people's reactions when Jack Nicholson was hired, there were people going, oh, fucking Jack Nicholson is the Joker. I don't really know. Same thing with Heath Ledger. The internet was like, Heath Ledger, the guy from A Knight's Tale, is going to be the Joker? Really? No, I ew, went, I went ten things about, I hate about you. Or ten things <laughs> I hate about you. That guy, really? He's going to be the Joker? Ew. But when it was announced that Jared Leto was going to be the Joker, people, their response was, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So he's going to kill it. That tattoo, though, and, and the other tattoos I think are stupid. I d- they're a little too on the nose. And the work of the tattoo seems to be a little too well done for the Joker. Like, the the idea of the Joker having to go into a tattoo shop and sit down to get work of that quality done doesn't really make sense to me. Dan, you're, you're, you're digging too deep, man. You're digging too deep. No, but, but, really but, back. but no, you have... But, no, but that's you, the whole point. You, see that? No, it's not the, the point. The damaged thing <laughs> is a problem because I can promise you that in 70 years of Joker character development, he thinks he's the only sane person in the room. He would not get damaged 
tattooed across his forehead. But this, this isn't 70 years Joker. I mean, this, this, we don't know what Joker this is yet. They, they right, and, and I understand that. New. I do understand that. I do get that. But to me, when you have 70 years of character development and stories that are very well established, you don't go and change it for the sheer fact of changing it. You know, there, there are versions of Shakespearean stories that if you put them up there, you would be like, well, that's not fucking Hamlet. And nobody would look at that and go, well, it's a modern interpretation of the Hamlet storyline and the character. And let no people would just go, no, that's not fucking Hamlet. And it wouldn't work. But I but think that's... we're also missing the fact that this is for the Suicide Squad movie, no? It is. There's going to be plenty of other characters with a lot of on-screen time. And I don't know if this is really going to, like, it's it's not a Joker movie. So I don't know why everyone's fucking freaking the fuck out so hard because... I'm sure Jared Leto will play just as big as a part as uh, Margot uh, Robbie and uh, Will Smith or any of the other fucking people that are in the movie. This is this is a Joker lead-in for the next Batman movie. That's all it is. And, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even get that much time because I I think this is more of a teaser than it is like a Joker-focused movie. Which is it's fine. It's more comic book characters on screen. And yet again, you, 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 you keep saying that there's 70 years of story. Okay, for the modern day audience, uh, 65 of those years don't count because <laughs> uh, up until, uh, all right, let's say 60 years of that stuff doesn't count because there wasn't the all-encompassing movie and television universe Batman. Sure. Okay, so it's, it's, it's not geared towards us it's not and it, it hardly ever is because if that was the case vision wouldn't be jarvis um ant-man wouldn't be a movie because none of us <laughs> asked for an ant-man movie okay no, we all wanted moon knight if it, damn it this is very true um paul Rudd's <laughs> moon knight i like it no i'm uh listen i i'm okay with the joker we'll see what happens we 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 really need to get to the Daredevil world taking over series that is on Netflix. Oh God. It is unbelievable. It's it's, it's, it's so really great. Good. I finished it and I, I was like, yeah. I want my I have I have not finished it, so no spoilers. Uh, it doesn't I'm not no spoiler, but the fact of the matter is I now have a completely newfound respect for Vincent D'Onofrio. Dude, yeah, that oh guy fucking killed it. Oh. Okay. I mean I so say, awesome. when I tell people, oh, Vincent D'Onofrio does a really good job in this, they go, who's Vincent D'Onofrio? And I got, well, he was in CSI, FNG, whatever, which I can't oh, reference. He's, order. I he's don't know. Private Pile in Full Metal Jacket. And Edgar. Oh, well, yeah. Everybody forgets about his uh, award-winning. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar, the alien bug suit. From men in oh black. my god! Stop! <laughs> what? Mind you just, blown! You brought it back, man. It's, and this is the is closest. So good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I have to get at least a swing by of Moon Knight in these shows. It Probably. is so possible. It is so doable. I want to see it happen. Well, and the fact that it's already been renewed for a second season 
gives me so much hope mm-hmm. that in particular, the one that I have been the most concerned about going forward with this is Iron Fist. They've That's already the one referenced that him. Or they referenced... Right. I, I don't know how far in you are, but we do Do you know that there's a heroin... Seven episodes. There's a heroin trade going on? Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. the logo on the heroin bags? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. just make it true. There's a lot yeah. of those Easter eggs in well, this show, too. And I, I like that this feeds off of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe very, very well. Because, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, just quick spoiler, takes place after the, the battle for New York in the Avengers The movie. event. Yeah. They keep referencing the event. The event. Yeah, so. It's like it, it, it ties into the, the universe, but you don't have to. It's no, you, you don't, don't have you don't to have know to, it. Yeah, you don't. Which have is to great. Know it. Just it's just extra, like a little little teaser for you. Just something extra. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where after watching the first episode, you know, my wife and I sat down on the couch and we were like, "All right, let's check this out," because I'm excited about it because the Marvel movies have been so good, and I keep waiting for them to fucking drop the ball on something, and this might be the one, because, you know, Daredevil, the Ben Affleck movie, it wasn't great. Um, it's better than most people say, but it, it still wasn't very good. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's watch this first episode. And after the first episode, you're like, I don't know how you keep doing it, Marvel, but please keep doing it. Because it's amazing. And then you watch the second episode, and the end of that second episode is like the best television ever done. Oh, just brilliant. Uh, I mean... Charlie Cox is killing it as as Matt Murdock. The guy playing Foggy is perfect. Is so great. Where did he I'm come so from? Great. He disappeared for like a billion years, and then he comes back out of nowhere with this. <laughs> he, uh, the, the last time I saw him was what that that Idle Hands movie yeah. with that yeah. kid who has the demon take over his hand. Yeah. And he loses Absolutely. his head. <laughs> a friend of the show, Seth Green. Nice. Um, <laughs> fucking, it, it's Vincent D'Onofrio, amazing as Wilson Fisk. And really, I thought it was really well done. You know, as we're watching it, Tiff, was, Tiff her problem with it, um, just minor and was quickly resolved. Of, she was saying, you know, why, why is the kingpin uh, explaining things to his underlings? Like, why is he feeling the need to do this? And it's because it's Wilson Fisk. He's not yet the kingpin. Right. We're seeing this journey of him establishing dominance and the, the stuff between Wilson courting Vanessa, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. interplay between his at He's just cracked. just his love of this woman and his fascination with this woman, but his brutality of what needs to be done to, in his mind, save Hell's Kitchen and from <laughs> then out the you know, the world pretty much is just so well, well done. They, they, they and, humanized him very, very well. And I mean, that, that made him like almost relatable to a point. And I, Rosario Dawson is... Amazing. Amazing. Just, I was literally just about to say that. Do she we is know? one of my favorite people to watch on screen. And <laughs> she's just fantastic. Did we know that Hell's Kitchen is like maybe five square blocks? Probably about okay. that. Yeah. And it's really nice now. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job fixing it up. But like, There's like they a are lot of all about saving the city, there. and this is Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen. I mean, I like the way they make the, the Hell's Kitchen a character in the show, but I, at me being from New York and working in New York, going, you know, that's really not a lot of area to cover. You know, maybe it's they really could expand not. it, go a little, maybe slightly more downtown. <laughs> but that's the thing. Most people don't understand that. Right. I would, I would, I would imagine. I don't know most people, but I would imagine that most people 
you know, hearing about this Hell's Kitchen neighborhood, I mean, New York is thought of around the rest of the world as this just massive, sprawling, giant thing. Metropolis. Right. How could anybody even live there? It's so crazy. It's New York City. It's the hustle bustle and all the, you know. So when you hear the Hell's Kitchen section, you're like, oh, that sounds really terrible. And in the 70s, it was really terrible. It was. Like a lot of the rest of New York. But, you know, now, like I said, there's a lot of people having brunch in Hell's Kitchen right at this very moment. And after (laughs) they're done having brunch, they're going to go to their local food co-op and pick up their organic asparagus to, you know, take home to the... <laughs> rooftop party where they're right, keeping right. bees. But be careful, it's Daredevil's like really watching. Hipster. Well, yeah. But it's this really hipster neighborhood and I thought what they did that was so awesome because the fact that Hell's Kitchen is a nice place now. Having the Chathari attack on New York destroy certain sections of Hell's Kitchen, I thought Good excellent. Plan. You've tied it in. Well done. And mm-hmm. There's just there's such a reverence and love for the history of the characters that the Marvel stuff does that, you know, when I when I compare what Daredevil is doing to seeing that picture of the Joker, I go, yes, Marvel is getting it. I don't think DC is, you know, I think and it DC just, plays the long game. They might. That's, and I hope and they the do. I, I want I'm it hoping. to be great. I really do. At the end of the day, I want it to be amazing I because the more of this that is on screen, like you said, it makes me happy. The more of this that is successful, the closer I get to a Sleepwalker movie. That's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> but damn it, I can dream. You can. The only thing, the only thing that I hope that Netflix does properly is they have a number of titles coming out. They have within this Marvel universe, they have to pace them properly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I want maybe every three months a title to release because of, like they're doing what four in total. Five. They're doing the then every Daredevil, months. then AKA Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage, then Iron Fist, then The Defenders, and, and then Daredevil season two. They so. need to do. I can't go a full year for another glimpse of this type of storytelling. No, AKA Jessica Jones will be out um, this year, as I believe Luke Cage will be as well. I think Iron Fist is slated for early next year. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. A bit All right, break. guys. Seems about oh, guys, right. Guys, so, guys, you need to. On that note, wait, we got to shut the fuck up. We're <laughs> we're like 15 minutes over already. So let's let's wrap this shit up. Evan, Garden State a Comic, Comic Book Fest. Festival coming Garden up. Garden State, Garden State, Garden State Comic Book Fest, July 25th, 26th, Marstown, New Jersey, Men in Arena. It's gonna be awesome. Take us out on Facebook, the Twitters, the whatever, whatever your social media likes are. Go find it. We're there. Our website. Get tickets, local stores in our area, uh, online through our website. Just it's gonna be a blast, a blast. So, there's awesome, that. Dean. Do we have show notes? Yeah, they're they're in the show notes. The show notes are in the show yep. notes. You can find them right. Well, if you're listening to this on our website, it's right below you. Just scroll down. Uh, anywhere else, I'm pretty sure iTunes, Downcast, they all list our stuff. Uh, it basically just goes over, you know, what books we read, what we talked about briefly, uh, and some social links. So if you want to follow us on Facebook, you want to ask us questions or anything, uh, check out the website. Um, there's all links to that in the show notes. Check it out. Click some shit. It's cathartic. Woo! On that note, that's going to wrap it up for issue 32 of the Paper Cuts podcast. Thank you, Dean, for being here this week. I know it was a big, important birthday for Marge last, uh, you know, last week, and you couldn't be here with us. 
but we've missed you these past two weeks. I'm sure you have. I'm happy to be back. And Evan, yes, always a goddamn pleasure. Pleasure, sir. sir. All right. Join us next week as we talk more about Convergence and hopefully something good. No! <laughs> Later. Peace.